Hey guys, Montel here, and welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And I'm coming to you from a capital cannabis dispensary, community dispensary in Douglas, Massachusetts. And I happen to be here with one of the co-founders. She's a uh, community advocate and just a good, all-around good person, Teresa Masson. My goodness, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. A Thanks second for, time. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks so much for letting us do this. We Thank came you. in and just invaded you with dispensary, set up a you know a little studio here. We got Wild Man Keith over there doing his thing <laughs> and making us all look as good as we do. Yep. Trying. <laughs> absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about your involvement here and let's back up. Before cannabis became part of your world, before dispensary became part of your world, what did you do? I worked for the state of Rhode Island for 10 years as a supervisor at the Rhode Island College in the John Pastore Complex is where my compliance comes in because I worked with the criminally insane and forgotten. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So you're off doing that for years and then all of a sudden a light bulb went off and you said, Cannabis. Why am I not in cannabis? No. I mean, how did it happen? Where did, where did cannabis become a part of your world? Well, actually what happened was um, I started a turnaround in cannabis because there was a, a, one of my coworkers. His father had um, stomach cancer and uh, he was taken to Brigham and Women's for surgery. Sure. When he came out, of, they didn't even do the surgery. They actually came out and told his family that they were lucky if he even had a month to live. Wow. So his son, which was another one of my coworkers, discovered the cannabis and the RSO oils and everything that they were using for cancer. Yes. It actually gave the man five more years. Wow. It's a very touching story. Sure uh, five more years where he was able to see two more grandchildren be born. Yes, it did. He did wow. succumb, but it gave him five more years of sure. quality life where he was able to eat and enjoy and, and, and see two more grandchildren. So that kind of really stuck with me. Um, it was something that just really stuck inside about what this product can do. Had you been a dabbler before? Yes. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, I like people understand, you know, that that a lot of times it's our life's journey that at least makes us more receptive to the idea. I mean, you know, I had dabbled in cannabis long before I became a medical advocate and realized that, you know, there's a lot of things that happen on this planet. One is, you know, if you believe in science and, you know, a lot of people out there don't, anymore but let's say those who did believe in science they used to think there was a guy by the name of albert einstein who was like some sort of a genius and albert einstein and lots of scientists around him believe that for every action on this planet there's an equal and opposite reaction so that means that for every disease there's an equal and opposite cure yes somewhere that the planet gave you this is just equal equilibrium of you know the stars the universe all of that stuff so really really insane that unbeknownst to me even not even understanding that I had an illness that is probably just waited to rear its ugly head in my system throughout my entire life I gravitated to cannabis more than I gravitated to liquor and there were periods of time when I remember that I kind of overindulged in alcohol and realized it quickly that, you know, this is something wrong with this. I, I, I can't do this alcohol trip. So, I mean, I stopped drinking like almost 20 years ago. And 
Though, I mean, I may drink a sip of champagne on New Year's Eve. That might be all that goes in my body. Or if I go away on a trip with some friends of mine and they're drinking champagne all day long, I might have a quarter of a glass of champagne in an entire day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm rambling not to, to ramble, but I'm rambling to say those who dabbled understand that there's a possibility that there is something more to this than most people who've never dabbled before in their life. Those yes. who've never thought about cannabis, you know, it probably wasn't for them. Right. Truthfully, I think yeah. the universe lets you know what may work for you. And for me, I bet that my early teen and later teen life with cannabis really put me in a position that when I was finally diagnosed, I was diagnosed, I should have been diagnosed with MS very early on in my life. But I knew once I got that diagnosis, or before I got the diagnosis, I knew there was something wrong with me. And for some reason, this plant makes me feel better. Yes. And there was periods of time when, because I was in the military, I couldn't touch this plant. No. I would be tested. So therefore, I went a whole long period of time suffering yes. from symptoms from my illness that were unnecessary for me to suffer from. Absolutely. But once I got out, mm. and then I realized that, you know what? Just intuitively, my brain brought me back to cannabis when it really wasn't vogue. You know, I remember doing cannabis in Hollywood where you had to sneak. You had to sneak outside somebody's house. This is Hollywood. It was always covered in some veil that it was no, <laughs> it was no good for it you. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And so, you know, when that turnaround happened in me and I recognized that there was value here, I decided to do what I do. And that is I decided to dig in and start researching mm-hmm. and really researching. And back then we didn't have the Internet. You had books. You had to go to libraries. You had to go look things up. So, you know, um, that journey is what led me to where I am in, I'm at today, where I've been in this business now for like you know, 22 years, long before anybody else thought it was Vogue. I literally was out here trying to champion a cause for patients and making people understand that. And, and I have nothing against, I, I happen to feel anybody who uses cannabis, period, whether they admit it or not, they are a patient. Yes. Because they are seeking out cannabis to solve some something, problem. Something. I don't care if it's I want to relax better. You know, I want to take a break when I come home from work. Okay. All of that bullshit <laughs> that they say. The truth of the matter is there's an under... I don't sleep that well. I yeah. sleep better with the yeah, Well, that's... Uh, excuse me, right? That's what the pharmaceutical industry has done to you for 40 years. They've been trying to sell you crap that won't help you go to sleep. And it's just going to interfere with everything else where Correct. cannabis interferes with nothing. Correct. So you help this friend... You saw where you saw how this friend was helped by cannabis, at least providing better quality of life for the duration. Absolutely. And then what made you say, but now not only was I impressed by what I saw, but I'm going to do this myself. Well, you did say, did I dabble? And yes, I came full circle as you were just talking about alcohol. Mm -hmm. I dabbled when I was in high school. I dabbled a little past, kind of didn't, kind of had a bad bad vibe with it at first. And then I did, I was completely cannabis and alcohol free for many, many, many years. And then I got into the alcohol business and I picked up alcohol and I like it. Mm -hmm. But now when um, I drink, I like to drink and I found that what we're doing now and the way everything is so pure and you can actually say this is a sativa, this is an indica, this is a hybrid. Mm -hmm. As you said, this is going to help with this and this is going to help with that, that I dabble more than ever now, and I like the the even balance of it. But with that being said, the reason why I wanted to get into it was not only because 
I know what it can do and what it can help all the ailments that it can help, mm-hmm. many ailments that it can mm-hmm. help, that it can actually give quality of life to people who were given a death sentence. Sure. Um, but with that story also brought how many, peop- how many more people can we help? Gotcha. How many, who has pain, who has sleep, who has anxiety, who isn't, who has cancer? So when it was brought to my attention, it was actually brought to my attention, I was given an opportunity back literally pivotal moment, January 2nd of 2019. Okay. I had a man come to me and say, I have the money. Do you think you can do this? Well, that was it. Hello. That was it. Hello. You and, rushed over to him and said, here oh, you go. my God. I dug right in. Wow. I downloaded all the rules and regulations. I started going on online and just investigating every cannabis college, whatever there was out there for me to get into this business. Sure. Whatever it was going to take for me to get in this business. And it took four years. We started, in, not four years, it, we started in 2019. We opened up in um, 2021. Gotcha. We've been here for two years. Mm-hmm. And I can say the most gratifying part of my life is every day when somebody steps up to that counter and says to me, I've never done it before, but I, I want to get off of my pain medication. I want sure. to get off of my anxiety medication. Yep. I want to stop drinking. This, these products are in, insane what they, can, what they can do for people, and it's all organic. People don't, uh, you know, I, again, I think we are beyond the naysayer thing, but we aren't. I mean, in some ways we are. But you still have people who just don't get it. Nope. And they will never get it. You're right. Um, uh, partially because they are, they, they're the same people who, you know, don't, don't get the fact that, that, you know, unless we do something quickly, we're not all going to be here because the planet's in terrible shape. Those people don't get that either. They're like, eh, yeah, screw that. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I, I don't get anything about all. You know, so, you know, it, it's literally, we're at a place now where I think that, you know, and it's hurting the industry some. We're at this this line of demarcation where we still have this group of people who are going to fight cannabis till they die. Do you know the one that really gets me, what they're mm-hmm. fighting? What's that? Is when they talk about that cannabis is a gateway in. It's I have seen stupid. every single day cannabis is a gateway out. It's an exit drug. From That's been opiates, from drinking, Correct. from pharmaceuticals correct and this is what i help all day long and i what i thought i was going to do and what i am doing is totally bigger than i could ever imagine i have people i every person that comes in i always always ask them how was your day and then they say oh it's okay or it's this or it's that and they always say to me how was your day Mm -hmm. and i have never changed what i say my day my day is great i get to get up every day and sell weed right there you go and help people all day long Sure. And they're all like, you're not going to change that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to change that because that's my mission. There you go. And it should be. It should be. I mean, I'm at a point now where I'm just so angry by the way what's happened in the last four or five years in the industry. Because, and, and hear me out, I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just saying that there are those who got in this because they thought, this was the green rush. So they jumped in. So they thought they were going to make money real quick. And they really didn't understand the fact that they were getting ready to provide a service that is a, not just viable, but a service that is an essential service. And they've been spending too much time trying to 
answer the question for themselves, not the question for those they serve. Right. That's my feeling. Right. And because of that, we have too much, well, first of all, an enormous amount of competition, which is okay, you should say. However, I'm not sure that as many licenses need to be thrown at the wall the way that a lot of municipalities no. are doing. No, there's way too Correct. many licenses. And that, so therefore, you, you really have lack of control over quality. Yes. Um, but this is going to, at some point in time, we'll work this out. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, any, any capitalistic vertical works it out because right. the competition does improve the product over time. However, this is a is a group of people who have not figured out now after literally we've been doing this now for 14 years around the country, 15 years around the country slowly but it's been growing. We don't really even have a national organization. No. Lobbying organization. Right. We we'll be doing it 14 years, 10 years from California, about 4 years here on the east on the East Coast, right. but you're right. It's still being so segregated that yeah. you know we can't donate to certain things. We can't help certain organizations. We we can't lobby to to make this where we can all come together and and make. I mean, like right now we have Massachusetts is doing a fabulous job with making sure that everything is is done the proper way. No chemicals, no this, no that. But like you said, it needs to be done on a on a national. Every state should be a, able to do this. How come there's not a a not a governing body, but a but a ruling body organization yes. where we all come together and agree to standards and things of that yes. nature. It's no different than hyperbarics. It's no different than several other verticals in the medical kind of, you know, nutraceutical world that I think they even have like some sort of vitamin daggone, you know, uh, national organization where they try to submit or, or publish some standards. Yes. Uh, why don't we do this? Because we're too busy trying to find our own little boat. Or I get our own little yacht, or get a big little place, and drive fast across the. Well, I can honestly tell you that I am what 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 I do in this store. Um, I one hundred percent develop the store, and I work in the store seven days a week. So I didn't get into this for my green boat and my yacht. Right. I got into this to because I have immense energy, and I have so much I want to give back that. That's why I'm here every day. They talk about, oh, is, is, is it woman-owned? No. It is 100% woman-run every day to help yeah. as many people and as many organizations as I can. And with that being said, there's more people that, there's so many people out there that I've met that do the same things that I do, mm-hmm. but we're being held back, like you said. We need a group. No, it's kind of but. There needs to be a Not national, just the state. Correct. There yeah. needs to be a national organization. There was a period of time when you know, a group of people were trying to pull together and pull off a, uh, you know, a, a, a party. As a matter of fact, I was I was working with Redman on something which was like the National Cannabis Party, uh, NCP, and then because of infighting, this thing just fell apart. We couldn't even get off the ground the right way. Um, you know, well, I have my view, but I don't know if I can say it. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. Sure. I think a lot, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with the federal government. Mm-hmm. Okay, we. I don't know which way to go on that one, okay? A lot of people say they want it to go federal so they can use their credit card, they can do this, they can do that. However, if we do that, then we run the risk of what they did to cigarettes. Think about what they did to cigarettes. They taxed taxed it like crazy, and they filled it with crap. 
where we don't want that to happen. We, yeah, we need federal, we need federal, we need an organization, but we need to make sure that we keep everything as pure as it's supposed to be. And And not where that's almost the antithesis to what America is. We America, you know, man ruins everything. Well, we do, (laughs) we do. And not just man, but we do. We just decided that everything has, you have to figure out some way to, to license a plant. You have to figure out some way to patent a plant. Yes. You can't patent a plant, so stop it. Yeah. But they're going to do that. They're going to figure it out. They're going to have to, that's the only way they're going to allow this to go forward because they want institutional money behind this, not local money, not, you know, mom and pop money. They right. want to turn this into, a, you know, they look back slightly, but most of them are afraid to look back, really, you know, the fact that, you know, at the turn of, this country really became a country. Hemp is what drove this country. Right. Cut this country. I mean, people could pay their taxes using hemp. Yes. People could literally. Everybody ate hemp seeds. Everybody yes. literally walked around. A lot of people walked around with a nice little buzz going from smoking <laughs> some of that hemp that they had in the backyard. They thought they were making plants or making cloth out of. Yeah. Why? Because it was tough times back then. Yep. You know, there was no toilets. You know, no no bed sheets. <laughs> you know, you barely found a place to get your ass up off the ground. Right. And you had to do to keep whatever you had to do to keep going. And right. it made, yeah. but just the fact that you, like you said, that they could pay their taxes with it. Correct. If they could pay their taxes with it, where did it, how did it fall the wayside? Correct. And then if we fought wars over it, mm-hmm. wars all over the world were fought because of it. And we sit back and don't remember this and, and don't understand the impact. I mean, it's so funny at this point. Just Keith was just telling me that uh, Levi's just announced that they're going to start remaking hemp fiber jeans. And Levi started with hemp. Mm-hmm. Clothing, so why not make clothing back? Why not go back. The world really resonated and was operating on full tilt when we use cannabis worldwide for sales, for ropes, for everything. So, uh, but again, going back to what's happening here is that we live in a society that, because of the fact that the main reason why go way back to. 1937, it was made illegal because of the Marijuana Tax Act, not because of the Marijuana Drug Act, Marijuana Tax Act, tax. because you couldn't really track the taxes off of seeds because this thing made millions of seeds. Right. So therefore, I could have seeds in Arizona that were Arizona kind of seeds and use them in Texas. Oh, my goodness, you owe me some taxes on right. it. Right? So that's part of the problem. That's the reason why they decided, let's get rid of this, because hmm, it's easier just to cut down redwoods. You know, and, and so it's kind of just, I don't know, stupid. So you've been in the business now. You decided to open up this as a really unbelievable facility. Why don't we, we should do this. Let's take a little break for a second and let's walk around and show me what you thought about when you decided to create this footprint. Well, this was your concept from the ground up, right? From the ground up. This was a vacant lot. This vacant lot. So you put this building in? Yes. I'm sorry. And, and well, as I'm looking around, what made you decide, let's do our display over there and do our butt tender counter over there. Well, actually what happened was in all my research to get into this, when we started in 2019, besides, you know, getting all the research I could about the business and everything, Mm -hmm. I also started looking at dispensaries. And there was a dispensary in California that had this big open area. And I said, that's what I want it to look like. I want everything exposed. I want it to be white and bright. I want it to be polished concrete floors. Mm-hmm. So that way it's low maintenance. Sure. I also want it to be room and very airy and roomy because you heard about 
other dispensaries where they're too small, they're standing outside. Sure. I wanted to take care of the customers. That's why we have a hundred foot overhang outside. Mm -hmm. So that way everybody was out of the elements, out of the rain, out of the snow. Out gotcha. of, so that way they didn't have to. They have to deal with that here in Massachusetts. Yes. Rain, snow, no, rain, snow, water. sleet. You don't know. Give it five minutes. You don't know what's going to happen. Sure. <laughs> Whoops. So the, so the first thing I wanted to do when they came in is I wanted to have enough room for everybody to spread out, mm -hmm. see what they want to see, not feel cramped together, sure. be able to go to the pod, talk to a bud tender, not feel like they're rushed. And then the display. The glass and usable products over here. The investor, he loved the idea of all these glass cases. So that way we could just show everything wide open. Mm -hmm. Some things have to be locked up. That's what you right. have to do. But you know, nice and open. And we wanted it to flow all the way down straight into the, so you could see the, the, uh, the menus. Right. These are real time menus all the way down to the last, the last product. You know, and I'm looking up at your pricing. I think maybe like three or four months ago, maybe, uh, no, five months ago, if I came in, I bet you your prices were probably about 40% higher. I have worked very diligently to bring down my prices mm -hmm. and tried to have the best, the best product with the best pricing across the Massachusetts board. And I think I have finally gotten there. I, um, my business model works to make sure that everyone can afford it without having to go to medical anymore, sure. where they follow you, where they know your name, where they tell you that you can only have so much per month. Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to come in here every single day and get what they need at a price that they can afford, that they're not you know, having to take out a loan or pay for somebody's yacht that we talked about there earlier. Cannabis does carry... My products. Absolutely. By my talk. Yep. I just want you to know, I'm just, just throwing it out there. So if you come in, Teresa can tell you all about them. She's actually put together some ideas of how to pair them up with other products. How to piggyback on other products to make them work. Sure. Always, always want to make sure you have one product with another product. You want to make sure that you've answered every question. Right. You've covered every avenue before they go out the door. And we have some, one of your products is, is a fabulous product, product oh. to piggyback with people that can't sleep. Yeah. I mean, if you take a look right here. There he is. He's like, he's like this. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And uh, your butt is. That's my butt tender hunter. He hunter? is the savant of uh, cannabis. Mm -hmm. There's nothing he doesn't know. He's actually uh, earned, earned the title of assistant. I've never had an assistant in oh, my wow. vast career. He's the only one that can Good keep, keep pace. Absolutely. Keep so, pace. He's so amazing. All, all your fans out there. <laughs> If you have questions, you can probably go ahead and email him, right? Would you he's answer got a, a couple he, emails last week? Yeah, he's yeah. got an email. Yeah, sure. Yep. Email yep. Sure. His email is uh, hunter at capital hyphen cannabis dot co. Get schooled. Get schooled the right way. Get schooled the right way by Hunter. We also made it, we tried to make everything as friendly as possible. Sure. And one of the biggest things that we did to make it as friendly as possible is if you look up top, we have Indica, Hybrid, and Sativa. Gotcha. which is all color-coded. If you look at the back board, everything is color-coded. Yes. So that way you can, if, I, if somebody says, oh, I'm looking for a hybrid, they know they're only going to look right at the hybrid color or right at the indica color or the sativa color. Gotcha. And then when they come in, you just, you have to hit that X factor. You right. know, what are you looking for? What are you, what, what are you looking for from this product? Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. We make sure, hello, how are you? And then we get right into the, the, the meat of the what needs. they're looking for, their sure. needs. And that's, that's what they say. Make sure when you come into this area, you come by Capital Canvas. But the facility is really, really, really nice. I mean, first of all, I love the fish tanks. 
uh, the fish tanks were they were the uh, the investors' um, idea, mm-hmm. and we started with one tank, and then we went to the second tank. And when the second tank came in, that's when I had the idea that we're going to make it like a peninsula, so that way we're able to separate an area and make it what I call the fish parlor. Got it. So if you want to sit and have a consultation, it's separate from everybody else, but yet you can still see what's going on in the place. And there's nothing like fish. Everybody, I mean, it's the most relaxing, relaxing, so relaxing. And there's people that come far and wide just to see our fish. Wow. And so it it just adds such an element of uh, it being natural and it being calm. And I didn't want to go for dark and dank. Sure. I wanted to go for relaxing, but cutting edge and moving forward, mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, dark green and wood and, you know, what everybody tries to, you know, say what, what cannabis is all about. Sure. Now, are you a completely vertical facility? Do you grow too? You have a grow? Um, I do have one facility that gave me, I have uh, two grow rooms that mm-hmm. uh, they'll grow whenever I ask them to grow. So I don't have a grow facility per se, okay, but I do have but I do have a vendor that grows specifically just for me. Gotcha. Okay. And then you obviously get your other products from other vendors yes. and other other yes. growers in town. Yes. Cool. Absolutely. And you know, I mean I've seen since we've been here it's been nothing but a steady flow. So yes. Things are doing well here. Yes. Is there too many? Are there a lot of other dispensaries in this area? There is in Douglas. We're the only one in Douglas. Mm-hmm. There's uh, we're the the only we've been here for two years in Douglas. There is one two miles down the road. There's another one six miles down the road. Okay. Um, that's going one way. Down the down the other way. There's a couple that way. I'm on a main artery, mm-hmm. so I actually abut Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Mass. Gotcha. So being on this main artery, depending on which side you come from, you have to go past me. This was strategically picked. Got I it. went through 17 towns before I picked this place. Wow. 17 towns of bylaws, 17 towns of teaching some towns that didn't even know what they were doing. Wow. And then we came here, and uh, the company, the, the gentleman that sold us the property was a pillar of this community. And mm-hmm. it was something he always wanted to do. Wow. And so he was able to fulfill his dream. Sadly, he did everything he could to get us open. Sadly, he did pass away oh right after we opened, but we were we were able to fulfill his dream. Wow. And just a piece of information about this property, which is really cool, is that this property was called Maycumber's Field. And mm-hmm. many years ago, they grew marijuana on this property <laughs> and they got caught. Wow. And they lost it. And look at this all these years later, and now we're selling it legally. They lost it to the state? The state took they it They lost it to whatever happened when they found the marijuana. Oh, my goodness. It's so they probably did an eminent domain thing and claimed one it. Of, one, of the, uh, one of the members of the planning board knew the history of this property and told me, so eventually I want to put a plaque up to wow. uh, what it's called, Maycumber's Field. Sure, that would be really, really cool. And to give all my listeners, uh, give me your address, where are you at located? So if somebody's flying in or coming yeah. in to the Boston area? 93 Davis Street, Douglas, Mass. Okay. Douglas. Douglas, Mass. Yes. Okay. And you have a website? We, of course we have a website. What is it? Go ahead, it's uh, capitalcannabis.co. Okay, got it. So people can go read about what you have here. Instagram, Facebook. We have our own website. That you have been, you know, quite the activist in the community also for some other reasons, right? Oh, can't give back enough. I have been supporting the dog orphanage since the day that we opened. Mm -hmm. And I actually have the dog orphanage on my positive impact plan because they service all the the surrounding communities for community service to anyone that has been impacted by marijuana laws. Wow. 
And I also come from, you're a vet. I okay. come from a very, very background veteran family. Okay. I have nephews, special forces, one uh, Marine, my father and nephews and grandfathers, um, Army. Wow. So I support the vets in two communities, in Douglas and in Uxbridge. I collect for uh, I collect money for them. I also collect clothes for the homeless vets. Mm -hmm. I also collect for um, the food bank. Mm -hmm. And what we do is I always throw out whenever I do my pop ups, I always make sure that my pop ups have a theme, and right. my themes are always surrounded my vendors. And I say Capital Cannabis and their vendors support community. Oh wow! So we always do something where we draw from the community to bring food in from the community to mm -hmm. give to all the people that show up for that day that supports us, supports our, our causes. And um, it's I, the next thing that I'm trying to move into is um, trying to change the laws. So there's something I can do to help to help catastrophically ill children, what we now, talked about. And, and that you were telling me a little bit about that before we <clears throat> started. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about that. That's born out of your own personal tragedy. Yes. Explain what happened. I had um, a little girl who was born with severe heart and liver disease, and uh, she wasn't supposed to live even one month. She lived seven years and three months. Wow. She, um, by the time she was six years old, they basically told me they had to do an experimental surgery on her. Mm -hmm. um, it was to do stents. They wanted to put stents in her heart. It was at Boston Children's Hospital. Dr. Locke was the one, the pioneer. Mm -hmm. And it was, they were only putting them in the legs at the time. Got it. It was hugely successful. She finally came, they actually put one in her pulmonary artery and on her in the outflow track. Mm -hmm. which they were afraid that one would corrode through her heart, beating on her heart. So it was hugely successful. She was now pink. And what happened was now every day since that day, 19, it would happened in uh, 1991 mm -hmm. is when they did this pioneer surgery. Mm -hmm. So everyone that I see to this day and hear that has stents in their heart was from my little girl. Oh, my goodness. There so go. with all that being said, what my tragedy with my tragedy comes who I really am about giving back and trying to help as many people as I can. I originally tried to write a book and yeah. all proceeds were, were going to go to catastrophically ill children and their parents. And you were originally being that you didn't get it done, but how about let's go ahead and get it done anyway? That's where I am now. So now yeah. I'm lobbying and trying to see what I can do about making it open where cannabis can now donate or start a foundation where all cannabis people can come together and donate to this one foundation mm -hmm. that will help. I say catastrophically ill children with, with parents because being a parent of a catastrophically ill child inhibits how you can work. Absolutely. So I was always faced between, do I buy the, do I buy the vitamin E for her, the, her nervous system or do I buy the formula? Sure. So, because it's such a financial drain on everyone. And I want to be able to see if we can start something to help these families. Mm -hmm. And it's not hard to find these families. You just have to go to the, to the children's wards sure. of these hospitals and find, and these doctors and nurses will tell you which ones are here, which ones are facing imminent death right. and what we can do to help them. In this, in this business, I don't understand why we're being, we're being bound that we can't help children. It's insane, but again, and, and you know, I mean, when you when you stop and you think about how they have put 
the handcuffs on this industry. Yes. Yet, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're approving ketamine and mushrooms and psychedelics as if it has been around for as long as cannabis has, which it has in some places. But it's almost like nobody even thinks there's anything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm blown away sometimes by some of these panels where there's a doctor standing up there that'll stand and, and throw out, well, now we're starting to see that you know, using ayahuasca really does have some medical benefits. That cannabis, no. What? I what? see it every day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I watch it every day. How many people have got, have, have, that, that don't take pharmaceuticals for anxiety or depression or pain or sleep? Right. I had one, one customer come in, which broke my heart. A woman, she was on oxygen, and the only way she could sleep was using one of these products. And she was gone for a month, and I was feared that she had passed away. Mm -hmm. She shows up a month later, and she told me that her doctor told her that she found THC in her body, and if she didn't sign a waiver saying that she wouldn't do it anymore, she wouldn't be her doctor anymore. Wow. I'm like, no, 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 no. They, they don't have the right to tell you that you can't do that. That's crazy. And here's this woman who the only way she could sleep was with this product, not a pharmaceutical, right. this product. And they told her no. So what did Why? she end up doing? She She's, left the doctor? Um, she came back for a couple of months and I haven't seen her since. So okay. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I ridiculous. don't know. I do know that she, she did put her foot down and she thanked me for mm -hmm. telling her to be strong and you need to do what you need to do to help you. Right. And uh, I haven't seen her, but like I said, I'm not going to surmise what happened, but it's a story to be told. Was she from the state? Yes. Know? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, how can you, how can we, you live in a state where the state understands medical enough to have medical license, it, to have a medical yeah. license yeah. and then turn around and have doctors. Say so you have THC in yeah. your system. So I, if you're going to do that, we can't, we can't take care of you anymore. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Absolutely. So, I mean, what, what are your feelings about what's about to happen? I mean, you know, we look back a couple weeks ago, there was, Seemed to be an opportunity to get a vote on the floor when it came to the Safe Banking Act and uh, the repeal of 280E, but then not heard anything about that. So I guess the bill didn't pass. So crystal ball, what's, what's going to happen in the next couple of years? I believe that the harder we push and the more we lobby and the more people we get together, that's what it is. I mean, a lot about cannabis is, is being together, right? Sure. We all sit around, we're together, we, and that's what we need to do. We need to keep pushing forward, and we need to get as many people involved as we can. We need to, to like I just knocked on the door of the senator of mm -hmm. this area to, to ask him what he can do to help us move forward, and he's doing a lot, a lot in, in this business. Um, and that's, that's in the next couple of years, I feel that every month that goes by, they lax more and more rules. Mm -hmm. I think that we just have to keep, we just have to keep the pressure on Got it. and understand that eventually it is going to happen in two ways. One, because in numbers, we get things done. And number two, let's not forget, it also has to do with how much are we going to give to certain people to make this happen. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. It's a fact. It's the same thing pharmaceutical industry has done for the last <laughs> 100 years. So why doesn't this industry at least adopt some of their principles to figure out how to move initiatives forward? So, well, but you think the next two years, three years, things will change at the state level before, of course, before it changes at the federal level? You think the federal level is going to change? What do you think? I think that if we, like I said, if we keep pushing forward with people that are in positions like you and the senator, mm -hmm. that 
every every month that goes by, we're going to get more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's it, like I said, it's just all about keeping the pressure on, keeping the awareness out there, and and just staying steadfast in what we do. It's all about endurance. It's 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 not it's not a fat it's nothing fast, and I'm a strong person about sure. endurance. If I say I'm going to go do a five mile run, I want to finish it. It's not how fast yeah. I can do it. Absolutely. It's knowing I could get it done, and that's what we have to do. Go we have to know long game, long, long game. Yeah, it is going to be a long game. I think a lot of people got in this business back, and you know when you did in 2019 and thought, oh, this should be federal legal by 2021. No. No. Not happening for another 10 no, years. No. He's like, we got to get rid of some of the entrenched dumbasses. Well, I also believe that the West Coast is so much different than the East Coast. I, I believe that we run anywhere from five to eight years behind the West Coast. Yeah, but the West Coast has fallen apart in the cannabis world because, you know, they've gone and taken too many steps backwards also. I mean, some of the rules in California now are so daunting that the black market is outperforming. The, the black and gray markets outperforming the legal market. And uh, uh, clearly almost three to one, which is really insane. Because and people got greedy. People in government that's, got greedy. That's what it Correct. all comes down to. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where I went someplace and we had so many licenses and then more and more people wanted them and they started to open up and they saw more and more thinking they were going to get more and more and they wanted to now overpopulate an area. Right. And I fought and said, absolutely not. And that's another thing. You have to fight for it. And, and I'm not saying it was easy to where I, where I am right now. Right. I mean, this town is amazing. Don't get, I, this is exactly where I wanted to be. But it wasn't easy. Got it. I had to fight people from across the street. I had to fight people wanting, you know, bylaws and more licenses. And, you know, and it's the same thing in, in, in the big picture. Right. You see something that's not working. Get the fight up. Get the sure. facts. Make sure you always stay with the facts. Make sure you never overstep the facts gotcha. and, and, and stay steadfast to what you're doing. And it will change. But we need more people. You, mm-hmm. the senators. Sure. It's going to happen. And, you know, and unfortunately, in recent years, you know, I'm glad that you found, you know, a, a, you know, a, a champion in the senator that you're working with. But around the country, it's not happening in the same way. You know, there's a lot of these states. I mean, you go to Ohio, I understand. I spoke to somebody recently who was talking about the fact that there are as many people still getting arrested in Ohio as before they ever legalized anything. You, know, you can walk into a dispensary, buy a product, drive three blocks away, and a cop will pull you over and bust you for having cannabis. And they're letting this go through. Yes. So then that state needs to get together and change that. Absolutely. And then, you know, and right now we have 37 individual states that need to figure out a way to first come together statewide and then pass initiatives to see if they can, you know, cooperate with states next to them and states in regional areas. It's bringing, it's bringing right back to what you said. We Each state has to get that group together, yep. that common group together. In numbers comes force yep. and, and get their, each state straightened out yep. to where it should be. And then each state has to come together. Absolutely. And, and, and there's only one way to do that is doing what we're doing right now yeah. and just go state to state and try to get these groups together. We have to take one and one and then bring it all together. Absolutely. And, you know, but, but you also know it's hard. I mean, like, if, like right now today, if you decided, if you and I decided, well, let's team up and invite all the stakeholders in this area of the mm-hmm. state to come together for even a dinner, how many going to show up? Two? Three? Maybe, 
Maybe four. You don't know until you try. Well, you and know, you got to keep trying. Well, I know that know. my senator has had has had town meetings and dinners to try to bring people together. And has he have people cooperated with him? People have listened and people have showed up. How far he's gotten, I'm not quite sure just yet. But he's keeping the pressure on. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that offline because there might yes. be some ways to figure out a way to, to start. All it needs, you know, it's like. In any other little flake on the top of a mountain, when it starts rolling, yep, all of a sudden it turns into a boulder. The then you got that avalanche, and right, you can't you can either. Correct. You got to get out of get out of its way because Correct. it's going to happen. Absolutely, you can't stop it. Absolutely, and you can't stop this. It's here. It's clearly here. Right. But I think that in this state, it's only been about four years, which it's still in its infantile state. Uh, th this whole industry is in the infantile state. We haven't. And I, I always always say I liken this to the Wright brothers pushing that wooden hill, wooden plane down a hill. You know what I mean? The bottom line is the truth is that this entire cannabis industry is the Wright brothers pushing a, a plane, a wooden plane down a hill. We still got jet engines to come. You still got an engine to put on this thing. So, but it know, started. But it started. It started. That's right. And, and lifted off the ground. It's it's like yeah. I said, endurance, pressure. Stop. Don't don't stop. Just keep going. What's next for Teresa? <sighs> What's next for Teresa? Is doing exactly what you said, getting this open, getting it bigger, sure. being able to you help. open number two? Um, maybe, maybe. Maybe. It all depends. Maybe. on. Well, it all depends on where, because we also touched on that subject about too many licenses. Right. You know, and, and where that comes from, it comes from a certain industry that is seeing too many dollar signs. Right. And all they're doing is making people cannibalize each other right now. Right. So right. if you don't have a good business plan... In place. Yeah, and, I and don't enough care. Reserve funding in place. Right. And I don't care how long you've been in the business or you're just getting in the business. If you're not sure where you're going and you don't have it, you know, in black and white, your business plan right. and what your margins are and who you're dealing with, you're not going to make it. Because I have had a lot of pressure on me in this little area. I'm sure. Who is this woman? Who is this woman? Wow. This is a woman that comes from a background that you you just heard my background. Sure. In compliance with the criminally insane and forgotten, surviving the loss of her firstborn and only child. Right. Um, I work I work endlessly. That's another thing. I don't gotcha. work from cameras. I don't work from an office. I don't work from an ivory tower. I work every single day on the floor beside my bud tenders, right. getting to know my people, help my people. Sure. What do they need? What do they want? And I'm there to do it. And that doesn't mean just what do you need for your anxiety? Right. How many people have I helped across the counter that came in in tears because somebody passed away or somebody right. left them or, and you just sure. be there. Isn't that what this is all about coming Supposed together? To be. Supposed to be. Yeah. And they're not going to stop me. Well, I'm telling you, <laughs> you heard it. So, you know, if you happen to be in the Boston area, you know, drop on by Capital Cannabis in Douglas, Massachusetts. Come on by and say hello. To the fish. Big, well, to the fish. Fish <laughs> here. Go. And make sure you keep tuning in to the next edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.